0: and
1: action take one hi everyone welcome to the faith that does justice podcast the official podcast of campus ministry at john carroll university join us this semester as we hang out with some of your favorite faculty and staff and alumni as we try to figure out what it means to live out a faith that does justice i'm mark Rabowski and i'm joined today by my dear friend Lilius myers Lilia is currently doing a year of service through St. Joseph Worker and is working with the Lift Garage in Minneapolis, Minnesota as a customer engagement specialist. She is originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and just graduated this past May from John Carroll University with a major in international business and a minor in Spanish. In her time at JCU, she was on the student leadership team in CSSA, participated in an immersion to Immokalee, Florida, student-led an immersion trip to El Salvador and the U.S.-Mexico border. She is also a proud intramural champion. Lilia, thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention is that it's been snowing in Minneapolis recently, hasn't it?
0: Oh, my God. You have no idea. It the, um One day I was at work and the the squall started, I had my bike and I was like, I can't bike home in this because I bike to work every day. Um, But yeah, so I had to have someone drive me home because there was so much snow. I mean, like I had to go out and clear our delivery table like every 20 minutes because there was like an inch of snow, but it's all melted now, but it's still,
1: still kind of dreary. The craziest part about this is we're recording this at the end of October, so <laughs> that's yeah, the-
0: I heard about the Halloween blizzard, apparently it happened in 1991 here and they got like tons of snow on Halloween, so.
1: Well, yeah, hopefully they've got a <laughs> of the Halloween blizzard in a week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, fingers crossed.
1: <laughs> and the other, the other thing is that Lily and I have been friends since freshman year, so it's been four to five years and... It's crazy that it's already been four to five years, but, um, so it's so nice to have her and reconnect in this way. Um, Dolan yes. Dorm. Dolan, Dolan Dorm freshman year. <laughs> Best memories we'll have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, Lilia, as we start every podcast, um, we start with an opening prayer that you have prepared. So if you would like to go ahead whenever you're ready and lead us in prayer.
0: Yes, sir. One moment. All right. Okay. I really like this. It's not necessarily a traditional prayer, but I think um, it fits really well with kind of quarantine and how everyone is feeling about change in life. So, okay. How wonderfully you have grown since the summer of last year. And even though there is still so much that is unknown, you did not know you'd make it here. You did not know everything you would have to walk through and that you would live to tell the story. And now after everything, by grace, here you are. You've learned countless lessons through countless sleepless nights and through it all, through it all, you have come so far.
1: Wow. <laughs> Do you mind sharing why you chose that prayer for all of us?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. I think part of living in community um, with others, there's a really big reflection component. And I think that's something that's like a quote that always kind of tosses me into that mindset, um, you know, and talking and reconnecting with people from John Carroll. I've kind of been trying to do that a little bit more recently and talking about like, oh my gosh, you know, stuff that's happened six months ago. And again, like being two months in, in this year of service now, and, um, looking back, like with my housemates on when we arrived and kind of where we were and where we are now and how it's only been two months. And yet, you know, we feel like different versions of ourselves and and what that means sort of. So I really like that prayer just because I think it's a great reflective piece to kind of toss you into that stewing mindset sort of, so
1: i love parts of it but through it all and then i forget exactly the words of it but you wouldn't you didn't know that you would be here um i can relate to that a lot because there's just Mm -hmm. so much unknown and it's like you just have no idea where you're going to be in Mm -hmm. a couple months a couple weeks a couple days Um, but it also takes me back to the um i think it's the patient trust prayer where it says give give God the benefit of the doubt that his hand is leading you. And I think that's really, it ties into that so much of, there's all these unknowns, but um, God really has, he's really guiding us through all the unknowns and mm-hmm. look where we are now. I know. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing that prayer, Lilia. Um, so now um, we're gonna move into some questions and the first is, Lilia. can you just tell us about your spiritual upbringing? Um, how did you come to be a spiritual person? Um, we like to ask everyone on the, po- on the podcast this question.
0: Yeah, um, I love this question. Um, and I think I talk about it with my housemates all of the time um, because, so I live with five other girls um, in what was an old convent. And everyone is so different and all of our takes on spirituality and faith life is so different, but it just like works. You know, I don't know, we're always, you know, not always like sitting around talking about it, but like kind of, kind of teasing that out and, and seeing what that means. And um, we live in like a really diverse neighborhood. So being able to experience so many different um, faith traditions. Um, and so, doing like reflection and and kind of looking back. Um, I was raised like traditionally Catholic. Um, I went to Catholic grade school where my mom taught and I went to a Catholic high school. Um, And so I think I was definitely led through that traditional framework um, all the way through. And then it wasn't until I got to John Carroll that I kind of understood things to be a lot deeper and richer than the framework that I was kind of traditionally given um, and it's not to say that it was a bad framework but um, I don't know kind of realizing that there was there was more for me I guess spiritually and and kind of what that looks like and I think um, I don't know John Carroll provided a perfect foundation for where I am now exploring and being able to really accept and and try on so many different ways of, of practicing faith just in, you know, our daily lives. So like one thing that's really cool about the program that I do is we actually get a spiritual mentor. So I get to meet with my spiritual mentor once a month and just like talk about like where God is and like what's going on Um, and like we also every Monday night as like a community with the program directors we have like a thing called sharing of the heart where we talk about like where have we encountered the divine and like what's going on with that Um, and so I think through those things i just Um, come to understand spirituality and faith to just be so much more fluid and I think it just makes life so much deeper Um, because I think before with like the more traditional Catholic background it's very like you go to church and that's where you encounter God and like that's your like God fix for the week almost like that's kind of how I sort of became to rationalize it and it was so separated like there were two separate things and you had to like engage to be with God. Like you had to switch something and like, be like, okay, now we're in God mindset. I'm talking to God now. This is my God voice sort of. Um, And I think that's kind of how I rode through life a lot, even a little bit of John Carroll. And I think JCU was like the first place where I was introduced to the idea of just like holding God and constantly being engaged with God, like throughout life. And so then I think here, in this program, I'm kind of getting more of the tools that work for me to just like constantly be surrounded by the divine. Um, And I think I always was, but kind of noticing that and being able to like, just more naturally be able to get in tune with that. It's kind of like a muscle, you know, like the more you practice it, the more it's just like, ah, this is just what happens now. Um, And so I think like what that's taught me is it comes out when people ask me like how I am or like, how is it in Minneapolis? It's like saying like, I'm doing well, or like, it's good seems so just like, you know? Um, So I think what I've kind of settled into saying is like, I'm learning how big life can be out here and with the work that I'm doing in the program that I'm in. And so like every day feels very deep and very meaningful Um, and so some days are not great, like I'm not gonna tell you that every day is sunshine and rainbows, and I feel like the best version of me, Um, but I don't know, with that, like those deep connections comes, you know, really heavy days, and really great days, and I think just tapping into that, um, like completely dispels the average, so you just have to be ready to like know one day have a really great day and one day have a really bad day but like when you're so tapped into that divine just like in the everyday mundane things like they become so much more fantastic and you realize like I don't know how much more wild and like radical life is sometimes and like the simplicity so that's kind of where I'm sitting now with spirituality in that especially too I'm sure everyone has experienced in quarantine, it's so much harder to like traditionally engage with things that remind you of faith and practice. So like, again, I think that's another component as to how I've been sort of like engaging in a more like natural, gentle way rather than like sitting down and being like, God time, let's strap on the God helmet, you know? So I don't know. And I think that's been helpful for me and kind of how
1: it works for me i don't know you mentioned a lot of things that i wanted to touch on is so i have the exact same background of being raised in a traditional catholic going to the same catholic school for first through twelfth grade and just that's all i ever knew like that not not that anything was wrong with that but after coming to john carroll which was one of the scariest decisions of my life to leave three hours away from home and then sometimes when you make these you take these leaps of faith like there's just so many different, I like to say fruits that come out of it. Like there's like Ignatian spirituality has been something that I, is like a new home for me. And I'm actually going to grab this book really fast. Ooh. It's called an Ignatian book of days. And so, Ooh, Tell me more. It's a daily, it's a daily kind of prompt. Um, and so today's was a good prayer means good listening. And so, it just kind of talks about how prayer is a dialogue and so I loved how you it's kind of the Ignatian concept of finding God in all things where, like you said you kind of would put on it's kind of like putting on your God helmet you would go to mass on Sundays and that was kind of like that was it for the week but this just kind of talks about how like seeing God as like a friendship where it just says the good prayer is above all a good listener prayer is dialogue, it is a personal encounter in love. When we communicate with someone we care about, we speak and we listen, but even our speaking is responsive. What we say depends upon what the other person has said to us. Otherwise, we don't have real dialogue, but rather two monologues running along side by side. So what you kind of said, just really, just engaging with, the topic, even in the, in the daily of everything. So I think that's really powerful you were kind of touching on. So thank you for sharing that. Um,
0: Thanks for sharing the book. Oh, gonna have to look it up.
1: Well, you said prompt, I was like, I have to go get the book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, and then so the next question is, is so we also ask all of our guests, um, whether faculty, staff or alumni in the John Carroll community, how they live out a faith that does justice. So can you kind of talk about how you feel Mm -hmm you have been, and you are currently living out a faith that does justice um, anytime during your years at John Carroll and then currently in your year of service so far?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been thinking about that a lot just because I feel like I I talk about It's funny. I talked to my roommates about like um, the immersion programs and like retreats and like specifically like affirmations and like service. And they're like, what is this like utopia place? You know, it's super funny to (laughs) hear people's reactions. Um, But no, I don't know. I think John Carroll gives such a unique experience of opportunities to live that out in like a very um supportive environment so like I think it's almost like the first like level or the first stage where like I don't know it sounds not as good as I want it to but like you know everybody's kind of holding your hand and like teaching you like yeah if you can do this and you can learn all these things and you know do it with a great community of, of people like I think about know my immersion group to the border like all of the time and how that was just such a beautiful wonderful environment for all of us to learn how to challenge people and challenge each other but in like the most loving way um and talk about those kinds of things and to really you know connect with those more difficult issues um in a way where you're supportive and you feel safe and yeah all of all of these structures you have holding you up and so then when you go into the real world and that's not always the case you know you have these memories and these people and the the things that they've taught you and the love that they've given you to like support you um you know when you don't have like those training wheels on anymore um and so I think yeah like I do I think about my time at CSSA and everyone in that organization like probably every other day if I'm being honest um and yeah I don't know just like the things that I was exposed to at John Carroll and the ways in which um I was educated I don't know I just think it gave me a great foundation so then like you know, you you go through thinking like I'm living out a faith that does j- justice, and like you are, but it it you know not to scare everybody, but like it that's not as easy to do whenever you're you're stepping out of like the John Carroll bubble. You know, we all joke about it, but it's totally a real thing. Um, college bubble in general, I feel like, is a pretty real thing. Um, and so now I think, um, again, it's like. It definitely encouraged in the program where I am and, um, you know, I think, to working at a nonprofit like the Lift Garage, um, there are definitely a lot of people that I work with that are firm believers in that, but maybe don't necessarily use the same language. So, like, really enriching that understanding of what that means and how other people can kind of, you know, get to, like, a similar spot, but maybe don't use like the faith that does justice kind of dialogue, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think every day is a new day. And I, at the lift I do a lot of like customer engagement. I mean, that's like my title. So I'm on the phone a lot. And I'm like, you know, doing seemingly like kind of secretarial things, but like, I don't know, just like really connecting deeply with people over the phone. And, um, you know, if they do come to like, it's, it's a garage for anyone that doesn't know, it's like a, a nonprofit um, car garage for auto repair. So when folks come and drop their cars off and everything, like sometimes we get to interact with them. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just like really learning how to make people know that they are seen and supported, I think is something that I learned firsthand through CSSA for sure and through immersions completely. Um, And then being able to bring that to like the world in in a regular way kind of, I don't know, it's just like crazy to To have people feel like they have to like sell their stories in a way just to try and feel seen Um, and yeah i don't know just to really like acknowledge people and like calling them by their name over the phone you would not believe how many times that can like really change someone's day just by like you know saying like okay thanks good talking to you mark and then they're like, oh, yeah, thanks, you, you too. And it's just like, that was so simple. Like, I don't know. And so for as hard as it can be to bring in a faith that does justice in your everyday life, the the way in which you can incorporate it sometimes is just like so simple but powerful. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's such a weird kind of paradox thing that I'm I'm learning right now. But I don't know for as difficult as it it can be sometimes to really directly encounter people in the way that they hunger for, um, sometimes can be through the simplest things. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. I don't know if that fully answers the question.
1: The first question, a lot of things popped up in my head as you were talking. Uh, The first one, when you were talking about your immersion experiences, and I think a lot of like, Before I came to John Carroll, I was so, I was in my own little bubble and I wasn't really exposed to a lot of the issues, even in the community that surrounded me or just in the world. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not this person who memorizes quotes, but this quote has always stuck with me. Uh, The heart is, when the heart is touched by direct experience, the mind is challenged to change. And I think Mm -hmm. it starts with that direct experience to just have this change of heart and change of mind that. Um, something as simple, like you said, of literally saying someone's name and making them seen, making them feel valued and seen. Sometimes it just takes that direct experience to really just continue on that road of living out of faith that does justice. Of just like, I don't know, something as simple as that, but yeah, it's the little things and making someone feel valued and seen, like, isn't that just like the coolest thing? Like, it's just... You can just see someone light up. You can see someone like, I don't know, it gives me chills. It's just so cool to make someone feel important. And, and mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. That's really powerful. Yeah. And so you kind of were, you, you hinted at it a little bit, but can you uh, tell us a little bit about your experience with uh, the St. Joseph worker and the lift garage so far? In the two and a half months in your year of service, I cannot believe it's already been two and a half months. I don't know where time is going, but.
0: <laughs> God, I know it's really escaping us. Time time runs away. Um, no, so I, where do you want me to start with my experience?
1: Maybe just what, you, what you do at the Lift Garage, um, maybe That's a little bit of the program, like the St. Joseph Worker Program.
0: Yeah, sure, okay. Um, so basically how the St. Joseph worker program goes, and I think this is kind of how a lot of the programs sort of go, but, um, you like apply to the actual program. Um, and then from there you get a placement site within the program. So I'm living with five other girls and all of us have different placement sites and all of our placement sites are so different. So, um, our conversations and stories and everything. It's just very, very enriched dinners. I love it. But um, so my placement specifically is at the Lift Garage. Um, so it is a nonprofit um, auto repair sh- garage. So um, we do, this is my spiel. So we do <laughs> um, auto repair at a discounted rate. So, um, for all of the people that, you know, are aware of rates and things, it's $15 an hour for labor and um, all um, parts are charged to folks at purchase cost, so nothing's marked up. Um, so prices for car repair are like about half of what they would be at a traditional garage, kind of, um, and then all of our auto um, inspections are free, too, for everyone. Um, so, Yeah, I mean, it's huge for people. I mean, especially in Minneapolis, to be able to have safe, reliable transportation is just like everything, Um, you know, to be able to get to your job, get to appointments. Like um, Kathy, my boss who started the whole thing is an incredible woman, oh my God. So she was actually working in ministry for an organization called St. Stephen's. And um, she saw that so often people were coming specifically to St. Stephen's when something would happen with their car and they didn't have enough money and you know they were gonna lose their job and then their house. And like, it's just such a slippery slope, the cycle of, of poverty, it's not very forgiving. And it's, you know when you slip once, it's really, really hard to get back up. Um, And so, um, she at like 45 years old, I believe went back to technical school and was like one of three women and one of the only people like over the age of 20, um, in this class. Um, and yeah, she went back to tech school and she started the lift and yeah, that's kind of yeah I don't know her her one of her big isms she loves to um she she says apostatize she loves to like just go and talk and I don't know she's so funny but um one of her things is like one of the scariest things is to have a thought that someone should do something about that because chances are you're that someone and that's why the spirit has put that that thought in your head because it's it's spirit tapping you on the shoulder saying, Hey, someone should do something. You should, you should do that. Um, and so she's, she always says like, if you get that thought in your head, run, run as fast as you can, because everything's going to change. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, just working for her and, and my other direct supervisor, Johanna is so amazing. And, um, all of the really powerful women that I work with, um, for, that are service writers and, and, you know, have all of this car knowledge and, and deal with so much, um, you know, structures of society saying that women don't know anything about cars and just like seeing them in the way that they are, um, and being able to learn from them and, and the texts are all so wonderful and hearing about, you know, their stories and how they ended up at the lift and how, um, you know, um, terrible the the auto industry can be you know you're totally at the mercy of an auto garage and and you know having to take what they say as as right and some of the techs you know have worked for people that like purposely don't fix something the right way so that someone will have to come back and pay more money like you know they're very much like challenge people and make sure that you you are really you know getting what you pay for and you're not getting ripped off and just because they've seen it and like, they weren't fulfilled. And so they, you know, stopped whatever dealership they were working at and started working at the lift and make significantly less money, but you know, they have a purpose and they love coming to work and they love doing what they do. And it's just so wonderful to be able to, to have those people, you know, in my life every single day and to be able to, you know, get off of a really hard phone call with a customer with severe PTSD that needs car repair that, you know, the phone call lasted 30 minutes. And I'm like, whew. And I'm able to put the phone down and decompress and go out to attack and be like, Hey, what are you working on? And they can show me exactly what's going on. And I can learn, you know, what they're doing and, and they can ask me about calls and we can learn from each other and, and be, you know, a better, more integral fluid team that understands and respects you know every piece of the puzzle that everyone is doing um so I just think like the team is so important there and I've learned so much just you know being privileged enough to be a part of that team um is just so cool and yeah I don't know I think too I've learned so much because everyone in that program one thing they all I think really have is they have a loyalty to to the mission and to the team and they also firmly embody and believe in second chances in a way that i have never experienced before and i think it's so beautiful and i think if everyone in this in this life was given a second chance i mean yeah our world would be really different today um and yeah so like getting able being able to talk to Um, some of the texts that have you know had things happen in their lives it's really you know just if they weren't able to find the lift I don't know if life would have given them a second chance and so I don't know being able to 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 talk to Kathy and have her just be like you know we don't really do background checks and so far it's worked out pretty well for us and like whoa you know you hear that and you're like that sounds after going through business school and being told that like you gotta make sure your Facebook is perfect and google yourself until it's the last result and make sure you're looking the part and squeaky clean and I don't know and like I can't help but I can't help but admit that all the way through being in bowler I was always like why why are we doing this and then to be able to work in an, an environment that's like yeah like we who cares? Like, let's throw out the manual. Like, let's really operate in the gray because the world is a gray area and like, let's be better. Let's try and, and do this better. Um, Yeah. I don't know. So like, I think it's just really cool to see the whole ideology of second chances come through, not only with our, our customers and those we're serving, but also those that are, are working in the program. I mean, like they're technicians that were previously homeless. There are ones that were previously incarcerated, previous police officers. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm, I learn every single day and I can honestly say that I I leave work every day, a better version than when I came. And I think that's really, really, you know, I don't even know the word. I can't think of one word that can really encapsulate that. It's just really, really it. That you know, <laughs> many realies, and it's that.
1: <laughs> that is so. That is so powerful, and I think the lift is so cool. Just hearing you talk about it before this, and now it's just. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm in the nonprofit administration master's program, and just learning about nonprofits and something as small as the privilege of transportation, and just hearing what you guys are able to do to help people and just with their cars and their payments and something as simple as that that like I know I take for granted is just it's just the coolest thing. And you hear about all these second chances, it's like you said our world would be a completely different place if we were um if people were given second chances more. Um, but thank you for sharing that. That was incredible.
0: Um for asking
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I know the- Sorry, but can you tell us about how you came to choose the new year of service with the St. Joseph Worker program?
0: Ah, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> all of my, if any of my immersion, immersion peeps are listening, they know this story too. They were walking with me um, while this was all happening, which I think is really, really cool. Uh, shout out to them. So no, um, basically what, what was going on Um, was it was right before we left for the um, immersion to the U.S.-Mexico border in El Salvador. And I had a billion different places that I wanted to apply to to do a year of service. And I was like, how do I choose? I want to do them all. And um, I don't know what it was. I think it was at the time I was very, and I still am. I really love the ideology of Ignatian indifference. I love that, you know, method of being. Um, And so I was really trying to channel that um, specifically with this decision. And so I did something that made my mom go crazy. Um, I didn't fill out any of the applications fully. Um, I was very like, I'm gonna know which one I'm supposed to do and then I'll focus all my energy on that application. But as of right now, I have all of the applications filled out about halfway and yeah. And I was just kind of like, whatever, it's going to come to me. It's going to fall right in my lap. And then I can just say yes and move forward. And I think that wasn't easy. And there were definitely days where I was super like, this is stupid. I should be applying. Um, and people were very like, you're stressing me out. Can you just like make a decision kind of thing? And so I remember, um, looking back on like old journal entries and stuff too, I was like, oh, you know, I just want answers. Like I just want a sign, I, you know? And so we were on the plane um, from, we had a connecting flight in Texas. So we were on the plane from Texas to El Salvador. And I remember because I was feeling a little under the weather um, and I was seated away from my entire group. So like the whole group of 19 people, 18, I guess, minus myself, was all on the front of the plane. And I was in the very back, literally in the back corner next to the bathrooms by myself. And I was so irritated. I was like being such a diva. And I was like, this is so annoying. Like, I just want to sit with my team. I just want to be with everyone. And I don't understand why I'm the only one that's separated. And um, so... (laughs) I was sitting there, and I was sitting next to this woman, and um, she spoke Spanish. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like I should try and talk to her, like brush up on my Spanish before I, I get to El Salvador, so I can like, you know, make sure that I am confident in my Spanish. Um, but I was so nervous, and I was just like, that's so weird. Like if I just start turning and talking to her in Spanish, but I had something in my in my gut that was like, you should talk to her, you should talk to her, you should talk to her. And I was like, nah. Um, And so it was crazy because um, there was another man and like a grandma and they were like trying to communicate, but she's, the grandma spoke no English and the man spoke no Spanish. So they were like showing each other pictures and like trying to talk. And like the two of us, me and the woman sitting next to me were like giggling and we were like, that's so funny. And so eventually she turns and she starts talking to me and we're chatting and she's just, you know, asking what we're doing and and everything and um, all of a sudden she just turns to me and pulls up this Facebook page on her phone and it's just like, here's where I work. Um, And it was this place called Mary's Pens, which actually incidentally one of my housemates works at now, Um, that's where their placement site is. But I had this vivid flashback to when I was at the nonprofit volunteer fair um, and I was late, I was at my internship and I came um, rushing over and everyone was closing up the tables. And I, Emma Schapp actually was like, here, I want you to just come meet someone from this program. It's like a program for really powerful women. Um, and she introduced me to Lisa, who is now um, one of the co-directors. She's like one of my, my mentors for the program actually. And um, I remember talking to Lisa and she was like, oh, you might be interested in this organization called Mary's Pence. And I was just like, yeah, cool. That sounds great, mm-hmm, whatever. And then, like months later, I'm on this plane, and this woman is like, "Marys Pence, you should work here." And I was just like, uh, "What?" <laughs> and I mean, it's hilarious because I ended up, you know, not getting placed there because, again, I don't, I don't think it would have been a, a super great fit. So I'm, I'm very, very happy. And like I said, I, I know I'm definitely supposed to be at the lift and I, I love working there. Um, but that was like the piece, you know, that was what I remembered was Mary's Pence. When I would talk about it to family members, like about programs, like that was always the example I used. So like, oh, you know, the spirit knew, like, you know, they were like, oh, oh, she she remembers Mary's Pence. Like, we're gonna use that and we're just gonna, we're just gonna, we're just gonna pull her. And I was like, whoa, I feel pulled. Um, Yeah, and i that's literally, that's exactly the steps that followed after stemmed specifically from that moment of complete and utter divinity and, like, the everyday, you know, me being separated and mopey. Like, I don't know. There's not a a funnier frame of mind where I could have been, like, directly encountered by the divine, you know, when I'm mopey and sad and grumpy and the spirit's just like, hey, buck up here's where you're going next. Um, yeah. And just like being able to just say yes to that. And I can honestly say that I'm in one of the best places and I'm one of the best, you know, versions of me from really just listening and tuning in and then being able to like firmly say yes and move forward. Um, not necessarily completely confidently. Obviously, I mean, like you said, change is scary, and and saying yes to that and moving forward with that—it's it, not easy. Um, but being empowered to do so, I think, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling right where I'm I'm supposed to be, and I think it's it's a really special thing to be able to say that. So.
1: But so- so when you were talking with this woman and she was like, you should work at Mary's Pence. Like, was that after that, was that when you just ran with it? Cause I know you you mentioned like you literally filled out half of the application. Like you were filling out applications, but only half of it. Was that when it was like, that was the moment where I'm gonna dedicate all my energy and my time to Mary's Pence and- mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I even mentioned Mary's Pence a couple of times. And so like some of the other locations, um, just because the St. Joseph Worker Program has locations in LA, um, New York City, and Orange, California, as well as the Twin Cities um, opportunity. And so I like mentioned something about Mary's Pence, and like all of the other program locations were like, we're confused. Do you still want to, to come out? And I, yeah, I mean, there was like a very I don't know, like, again, it's, it wasn't like super like, okay, let's go, we're going, we're going to Minneapolis. Like there was a a very, you know, intense chunk of time when well, I thought I was going to LA. Like I really did, I thought that was, I thought the, the plane ride was just the starting point and we were just gonna keep twisting and turning. And, you know, I kept listening and kept tuning in and then I bombed my interview with Homeboy, which you know, turned out to be a blessing, because then I had my interview with the Lyft right after, um, and just the, the difference in how I showed up to those two interviews, I think, just said all that needed to be said,
1: um, so yeah, it's funny how that turns
0: out, but here I am.
1: <laughs> here you are, and uh, <laughs> the one thing to point out for timeline purposes is uh her immersion plane ride was in January just to give everyone a timeline of when this was happening um and I think the one other thing to mention is not everyone may have this like aha moment of like someone shows <laughs> them Mary's Pence and like this is where you work but you even touched on it of you would even give the example of Mary's Pence to other people of like before this even happened and I think something to to highlight is anytime I've ever done an internship or anything like that, it's always the one that gets me the most excited, always just the one I talk about more, just, I don't know. It's just, you just, even if it's not this big sign, like sometimes you're just more excited when mm-hmm. reading about the description or just talking about it with someone. So I think yeah. obviously you're supposed to be who you are currently, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. Disclaimer, it doesn't have to be like this beam of light and the booming voice of God. Like most decisions for me do not end up being like that. But it just happens that I was feeling particularly lost. And I think the spirit was extra like, okay, we, we just really need to shake her like and wake her up a little bit because she's like, not paying attention to how she's talking about this placement. Like, you know, we just need to remind her sort of thing. Um, But yeah, no, for everyone discerning what to go next, like there's definitely more subtle things um, to pay attention to and yeah, it doesn't have to be a a bash over the head by the spirit,
1: so. (laughs) I think the one of the craziest part is you were literally the only person not sitting with your group and you were all the way in the back. So if you don't sit next to this woman, that's just, things like that just blow my mind.
0: I know, right? Like, who did that? How did that happen?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you for sharing that story. It always gives me chills every time I I hear you talk about it. Um, (laughs) So for anyone who's listening, that's either on the fence about doing a year of service or isn't sure which program is for them, do you have any recommendations or tips from your own personal experience to help guide them through their own discernment process for your service?
0: Yeah, um, totally. I mean, I definitely would encourage anyone to even just look into it. Um, I think it's really, really wonderful. And I I think John Carroll has so many great resources and so many wonderful people to talk to um, and help guide you. Um, And I think that's really special. Um, I don't think a lot of schools have that. So I think it. I would encourage everyone to to talk to, you know, anyone, please feel free to reach out to me too, if anybody who has any questions or wants to talk about anything um, at all. But yeah, no, I, I, I think, and I know not everybody operates this way, but I think one thing that I've realized about myself through talking to my spiritual mentor and and my housemates and things is I'm definitely someone that when something's going on inside of me, um, I need to almost take it out and like, look at it. So whether that be like talking to someone or writing about it, like I need to like take it out and like examine it outside of myself. So, you know, I would encourage anyone that if they're with anything really, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a year of service. If you, you know, are discerning between um, many equal good choices, just talking about each of those paths with someone you care about and someone who, can listen and just sit there and listen and watch you and just be with you because um, like you said Mark I mean it's you know when you get jazzed about things that you're supposed to be doing I think I think there's a little bit of a resonation resonation is a resonation a word I don't uh, know no, no. yeah like there's a, a resonating where it's like you know how you're feeling about something, and how the, the spirit wants you to do—not wants you to do something. You know what I mean. When when those two things can intersect, um, there's a difference there. There's a feeling there. There's an energy there. You exude something, um, and so having someone um, kind of tease that out with you and be like, "Hey, you you seem really excited right now." Like just having someone affirm you with that and tell you like, "Hey, you're glowing a little bit." Like what's going on? What's that there? Um, I don't know. I think that's so important. So like, I don't know. I would, I would encourage people, especially in this time of quarantining and, you know, virtual connection, like reach out to people and talk things out with people. I mean, I don't, I think it's important to do that. And it's important to know who you can go to with those conversations just in life in general, um, even outside of vocation specific specifically um so i think that's i was able to do that um very 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 lucky to have many groups of people from john carroll that were able to walk through that with me so yeah i don't know i think that's definitely like the biggest thing i would say um to people, like rather than getting wrapped up in like logistics and like, how will I live here? And what's the weather like? And blah, 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 like just talking out your choices and, and seeing how they make you feel and like trying to sit in that if you have the time and space to do it.
1: Absolutely. That's amazing. I think the two things we've kind of already talked about that kind of intersect with that. I forget your supervisor's name or the person who talked about when something's on your mind and like that's kind of the spirit's nudge to like tell you to run with it. I think mm-hmm. it's like, that of like you think about a specific program more. You think about whatever the decision is. You think about it more, and then and then kind of with uh with the reflection I read from the book of like just like listening and like like you listen to the spirit when you like the physical presence of the woman showing you Mary's pants, and then like mm-hmm. you didn't ignore that. Like you you listened and. I don't know there's just something and like you said with the feeling like I think that is the spirit when the spirit's within you like you can just feel that goodness and that excitement and it's just so cool I just Mm. (laughs) it is
0: it totally is yeah
1: but so thank you for sharing all of that and then I think the one part that I want to make sure we touch on is um, with a year of service it always just seems so amazing as you're dedicating an entire year to to serve others, but can you talk about some of the challenges and difficulties that um, come along with your service and how you've been trying to navigate them so far?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not. I know. I actually, it's funny. I was telling my housemates about this. Um, my, I had a meeting with my, my spiritual advisor and we were like, you know, chatting and whatever. And she's like, Oh, it, it seems like you're not really encountering very many bumps. You know, it seems like you're doing pretty good. And I'm like, uh. what are you talking about? That is crap. <laughs> sister, <laughs> sister Liz, that's crap.
1: <laughs> no.
0: um But yeah, I, it's yeah. Like I said, you know, no, every day is, is, is deep and full. Um, and so, you know, they're going to be bad, deep in full days, um, <laughs> for sure. And I think one thing that I don't know, I mean, it definitely wasn't revealed to me as much. Um, maybe it was just because of the questions that I was asking and, and stuff. But I think, like, not only is the, the work that, you're, that one does in a year of service, typically it, it's pretty... I don't know. Intense isn't the right word to use, but you're just like directly encountering people all of the time for the most part. Like you're you're directly encountering um stuff that you know was arm's length from you. You know, being at school, like you go to service once a week. That's arm's length. You know, you're 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 jumping into some of the issues and the problems of this world, but you know, you're you're able to separate yourself from that and go back to John Carroll and go back to campus and go back to the calf, um, and things like that. And so here, you know, one thing that I really like is like we're I'm ten minutes from where I work. I'm, you know, living in a very I, I call it a very spirited neighborhood, um, because there's a lot of stuff that goes on all the time. Um and so one thing is like, you know, you're you're working and living and, and facing those 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 challenges and and living in the, the things that are structurally wrong in our world. Um, but you're also doing a ton of self-work and like, I don't really know where it comes from because I don't, you know, I don't know. I guess there are days where I'm actively working on myself and then there are other days where I'm like, I don't feel like working on myself today and yet. You you still kind of are, so there's like that simultaneous like, you know, challenging work, and also challenging self work. So sometimes it's just like, oh my god, you just feel a little exhausted. Sounds so like draining because like you still feel full, but like yeah, it's just like, you know, be prepared to meet a different version of yourself. And, and be prepared to to embody that self um, even on days where that sounds and feels really difficult. Um, yeah, I don't know. And so I think it's, it's a very special place to be. And um, one of the other challenges I think that I've had a lot is, is being able to really communicate how I'm thinking and feeling and, and the work that I'm doing to other people not in the program. I think that's been a really big barrier for me. Um, Just especially because, you know, the work that I do in the the car shop, there's like a lot of um, nitty gritty things that I'm learning, like textbooky things where it's like, you know, learning how a catalytic converter works and like all of that stuff. And so really checking in and realizing when I'm allowing those things I'm learning to be barriers to sharing other things that I'm learning. So it's like, I don't feel like talking about work because then I have to explain like XYZ of how a car works to explain why this was an issue and why it's bothering me. Um, so I think I'm really le- working on that, like communication aspect of being able to like share the experience I'm having with other people that are like still in school or, you know, doing, you um, more like corporate jobs, like I sometimes it it really feels like there can be a little bit of a disconnect. um, And kind of working, working, not working through it, but acknowledging that, um, and like letting it rest and like being okay with that, um, I think has been a challenge. And and I think that's why these programs, it's so important that you're living in community, and you're, you have this foundation you can lean into. um, And just yeah, I don't know. After two months of living with my housemates, I mean, I love them all more than I can even verbalize. And like, just saying like, oh, I love them so much seems so like, ah, uh, like that just doesn't even do half of the justice of how much they mean to me and, and how much we've all grown together already in just two months. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I think the community aspect is so important for those times where you just, don't know if you can really verbalize correctly you know what's going on with you and and how this year is like really shifting and moving you internally um yeah so i think it's definitely i would encourage everyone to look into a year of service but also or and sorry one of my housemates does this and i love it where she doesn't use the word but so it's she says like and also one of my supervisors does it too. It's really cool um, to like shift your language to doing that. Sorry, that was like a little bit of a tangent, but so it's, I would encourage everyone to do it. And also you need to be prepared to have a lot of things change for you and, and to be okay with leaning into that change and living in that change, um, which isn't easy, so.
1: I Love that and also, that's-, that's-
0: I know it's crazy how it can just reframe um reframe things
1: and i love how you caught yourself because it's i mean that's what we said earlier it's muscle memory and like once you (laughs) once you start catching yourself then it's going to become (laughs) part of your so that's awesome yeah Uh, in the couple remaining minutes that we have um can you just kind of touch on maybe some of your hopes for the remainder of your year of service
0: Yeah. um, Oh, man. I don't know. I think my, wow, there's so many (laughs) hopes, you know, and and desires to grow. Um, I think um, COVID puts a really not, you know, in air quotes, fun twist um, on everything. And so I think like Obviously, there are a lot of hopes around around that, and some solutions and innovation that hopefully, um, you know, can really can really change some things. Just because you know, I don't know, as things get colder, it's challenging. There's a lot of challenges when it comes to COVID. I mean, I don't have to tell anybody that. But um, no, I don't know. I think hopes wise, I'm I'm very excited to see kind of what's next, and I think that there's definitely. Some anxieties, um, just because I am far from from home and from Cleveland, my second home. So, um, kind of knowing where I'm where I'm going next and, and what's what's on the horizon. So I think I'm hoping for some some growth there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm definitely in the the frame right now of of day to day life. Um, and so there's like a, a, definitely a presence there. Um, and like not thinking super future ish wise. Um, cause I think I get a little stressed when I think about that too much as far as like general hopes for like the, the future future. Um, but no, I don't know. I'm just, I'm hoping to continue with a lot of the work that I'm doing on me and, um, just growing further with my housemates and um, just continuing to enrich the experience that I'm already having because um, I think it's it's been really special so far and yeah I don't know just hoping that it all kind of continues which I, I think it will you know you got that feeling deep down that like it it's it's gonna keep going that way um, but yeah I don't know I just and I hope for the the strength to keep moving forward in it. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I guess that's, I don't have like a super concrete answer to that just because I think one thing this program has just taught me in general is just to, to try and carry like general hope with you, you know, to just like try and embody hopefulness um, for whatever may come because, you know, trying to be too concrete in planning is just like you know it's a wash for me (laughs) it's all gonna just change so
1: (laughs) we plan god laughs that's usually how it goes
0: (laughs) oh yeah yep so just i don't know carrying that general hopefulness and and like openness um is how i'd like to like to continue
1: (laughs) i think the the one thing is just more growth like you've grown mm-hmm. already and just even if it's uncomfortable you know, just, even mm-hmm. if just growing is and leaning into it like you've already been doing so mm-hmm. but william thank you so much for sharing your beautiful perspectives your real you're the raw um of all the the ins and outs of a year of service and just thank you for taking the time to be here and, and joining us um And thank you all for listening. This has been the Faith That Does Justice podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and hopefully we'll catch you next time on our next podcast. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.
1: (laughs) You want to do a cut?
0: Cut, yeah. And that's a wrap.